0: Rory's form <laughs> yeah. is when people go, and you see these programs that are made out. And some people they'll they'll kick off about them, like the thirteen reasons why. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. because
0: it's so real. And we watched it, and it's Rory's form, and was like, wow, this is a bit full on. But what yeah. did it do? It made us have that conversation exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the uncovered podcast what is going on everyone (coughs) i'm here as you can hear my voice is crazy right now but
1: it is what it is
2: it is what it is (laughs) put it on times 1.5 speed and it'll be fine i'm sure (laughs) that's all you gotta do really so
1: i don't think people actually listen to podcasts on normal speed these days do they
2: I don't. I don't know anyone that does listen to podcasts. You got a lot of time if you listen to (laughs) podcasts on normal speed. Um, Look, it's Femi here and it's Nick. And we have a very special guest, very, very special guest. And we have a lot of great guests, but this one's an interesting story. The origins of how it came alive, really. But again, from last season, I've been told not to introduce guests anymore because everyone doesn't like that but yeah anyway i'm gonna let him introduce himself
0: (laughs) (laughs) um glenn how are you mate i'm good guys first of all thanks for having me and i will just say i do a podcast myself but that kind of intro you've got a silky smooth voice mate and I'm like I've got this, I've got this Yorkshire accent mixed with Aussie twang and I'm like yeah, so you guys I'm great um yeah so I'm Glenn Marsden I'm the founder of an initiative which became one of Australia's fastest growing ones in terms of publicity and gaining attraction from celebrities to corporate leaders And it all stemmed from me actually finding out of losing a friend back in the UK to a suicide. So it was something in me that uh, just pulled me reaching out to the organizations, got a thank you, but no thank you. Understandably, there's so many advocates wanting to help, but there was something in me that wanted to make a change. I kept saying increases in suicide rates. So I was like, what can I do? And I suppose that's me, I got it started.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's very interesting. And I know we're going to delve a lot more into that throughout this whole podcast, because what you guys are doing, this initiative is incredible. It's got massive exposure. A lot of people are backing it. So going back to like the roots of how it started and you know really telling that story, is going to be very interesting for the audience that are listening and then what you guys are doing. And especially because your vision is so powerful and it kind of aligns with what we're trying to do as well. Exactly. So really want to delve into that. But I think a better way to start is just by telling us a bit about the origins and really elaborate on what you just and said. And what is
2: it? Like what's a code and all that? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, oh, exactly, sure.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> really
2: <laughs> we do a whole podcast
1: and i, forget. <laughs> I was
2: like, I have no idea yeah. what this guys all <laughs> about this yeah. whole 45 minutes. Like. <laughs> so
0: in essence, it's called the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. And I'll take it back. So six, seven years ago, everybody knows the campaign's origins started from me finding out of losing a friend, suicide. Mm. Everybody, it was Heather Maltman who she is, comedian actress she actually did a podcast with me and she said you are so relentless Glenn like you just do not stop where's this passion come from I know that you've lost a friend but it's just you just keep going and driving so six seven years ago I suppose being in the health and fitness sector I started when I was 30 comparing myself to you know living at Bondi Beach all these body beautifuls I call them and to the point where I'm not silly. I knew because of doing the theoretical side of anatomy and DNA and everything when I was obviously in university. But I started comparing myself to all these people. Mm. And I was like, obviously the supplementation that people take in, but I was being told no.
2: So these were my friends at the same time. That's a nice word. Supplementation.
0: Well, (laughs) (laughs) you've got to be (laughs) politically correct. Anyway, so, It started getting to my head because pretty much it were my friends who were telling me that they were all natural um so i started comparing myself to the point where it got me to kind of this really bad place of body dysmorphia so i was looking in the mirror it started three to four minutes and then by the end of it it was like three to four hours now if anyone's gone down body dysmorphia it's it's kind of like ocd you're obsessed with a perceived flaw anyway got through that and then two years ago, I literally turned social media on because it was a big contributor. So I saw that a friend had passed away, looked into social media. I mean, I've not been in England for like 17 years. And what happened was there was no lead up. Obviously, if someone's passing away or ill, there's normally some posts about it. There was nothing, it was so sudden. So I looked up and I'd seen like corporate pictures, I'd seen holidays, I'd seen cars, I'd seen all this. I was like, what's going on? Got in touch with friends back in the UK and sadly it had taken his life. Wow. So that really hit me because his partner had put this montage, this video of him and her life. And then all of a sudden there was an interlude and it just hit me like nothing. There was a little boy and it was his son. And I've got a little boy. And I thought, for someone to be in that place, I know I was in a dark place, but that clouded moment of judgment. And on top of that, his wife having to sit that little boy down and explaining that dad's never coming home. Oh, oh man. It just. So. I reached out to all the organizations, like I said, and God, thank you, but no thank you. And then literally, I was just like, what can I do different? So I thought, you know what? I want to disrupt social media. There's so many highlight reels, there's this perception that everyone's having a great life. And then at the same time as that, I was like, so if I put my story, merely my story, who's going to pay attention except my immediate circle? And I'm like, this is a legacy for our kids. Who do our kids look up to or who do we actually look up to at times celebrities corporate leaders people who we think that can never be reached or never can go through these sort of things so within that i had nobody behind me i just had my drive i literally utilized social media for connecting with people i reached out i phoned them (laughs) i got hold of them sent voice notes and within three months, got picked up by Australian publications. Within six months, all the networks. And then within 12 months, America, the UK, Southeast wow. Asia. And now we've got, we come into 18 months. We've got 350 corporate leaders, wow. celebrities, a wow. reach of five 5 million and over 100 publications networks. So, wow. but the main thing is it's, it's been driven by love. It's connecting people and it's just disrupting social media. I think at a time during COVID, it's shown us that it affects everybody. Yeah. Exactly. So does mental health. Yeah, exactly.
2: And what does the actual initiative do? Like what is it? What's
0: the yeah, so the initial awareness is, imagine just scrolling your social media feed and you see someone that you recognize. So I utilize visual mediums through film photography. You're gonna see them in the raw form. You're gonna go in, you're gonna read their story. Through that, there's a process whereby it goes straight to the podcast. And it talks to experts and it talks to these people going through adversity. Cause I know for me, when I went through mine, the last thing I wanted to do was speak to somebody or read some Mm -hmm. material. A lot of the times we're seeing people go, go to this website, read that. The last thing I wanted to do when I was going through it was get on the computer and research and read. (laughs) I wanted to take it away and bring it back to its oldest form of communication, which is storytelling. So they go to the podcast, they can get help. If one thing doesn't work for them, listen to someone else's story Mm. and that can keep. Because the first time I saw a psychologist, it didn't work. They was trying to like pertain it to something in my childhood. And quite frankly, can you swear on this? Yeah. (laughs) 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 It pissed me off because I was like, I was the first one on Bondi Beach when I first got here taking my top off. It happened when I was 30. Again, along the way I worked out, it was a tribute to when Instagram came about and comparing myself. But at the same time, I was saying, people need to know that if that doesn't work to keep on going. Mm. So the whole thing is storytelling, keep on going. And then from that, there's another point of call, which then goes straight to the website and we do corporate workshops. Fortunately, we got into some Fortune 500 companies in the US, which basically is a way to create a ripple effect. Going from the corporate leader to explain it to their employees, to bring us in. Mm. And then what happens then is the employees talk about it internally, take it home, And where does it all start from? The home. We can talk to our kids and then we can thus create a legacy where we can try and break this stigma.
1: Yeah, yeah i love that i think that's so powerful what you said about if one thing doesn't work for you then keep going Because yep. in mental health especially in the hospital setting the clinical settings we refer yeah. to mental health as a journey which means that it's never ending we're going to continuously get hit with drawbacks there's going to be things that we're going to stumble over we might find things that don't actually work for us but it means that you don't stop you keep going it's not something where you reach maybe you do it for 10 years and it's like okay cool i've you know i've been successful in my mental health journey you do it for the rest of your life. It's a continuing process. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to kind of go back to you and go back to your story because it all comes down to us being able to have a choice to make a decision to keep going. Yep, and right. you were getting hit with a traumatic event, seeing your friend pass oh, away. We right. have a choice. We can decide to either be a victim of our circumstance or we can decide to do something about it. Yep. But you made that choice to keep going. So what was that thought process like? How did you get to that point of yep. choosing to do this?
0: You know what? I always say, and I, I was thinking long and hard about this, and I think it's When something's far bigger than your ego and your ego in terms of you're not afraid to get uncomfortable and make a stance for something so mine i was looking around what everyone else was doing and i was going you know what this is going to make people feel uncomfortable but we need these hard conversations a lot of the time we see these campaigns and it's pretty shit so it talks (laughs) about it but yet we're seeing a disparity because we've seen a picture of maybe A little old lady with a bunch of flowers yeah Yeah. first of all we're time poor we're not going to pay attention exactly and then you're cutting off a whole demographic or generation because they don't associate with an old person talking about mental health yeah Yeah, exactly so for me that was that was a big driver to look into what they was doing and being relentless at it it was it was a sense of knowing that i needed to get uncomfortable and one of the big things with the campaign is to change the face of mental health, mm. visual medium, it's play on words, but at the same time, we need to change the culture. Yeah. And when you change the culture of something, it's going to make some people happy and some people not. Yeah. yeah. So you have to prepare for both sides of the spectrum. And yeah. I, ju- I just thought, you know what? Like I've been through shit. I've lost a friend to it. I'm seeing more people die from it. And I'm like, what are we not doing? Mm. Like as much as people say they're having the hard conversations, I think the rawest form yeah. <laughs> is when people go and you see these programs that are made out and some people they'll they'll kick off about them like the 13 reasons why yeah. yeah because it's so real and we watched it and it's rory's form and was like wow this is a bit full on but what yeah. did it do it made us have that conversation exactly yeah. so it drew attention and when people say like "Oh, we actually attribute it to somebody doing something you're like with mental health it's not just a sudden thing.
2: Yeah, that, There's yeah. a
0: build-up, and that's what we're missing. We're not seeing the preliminary parts to go, oh, we need to pay attention to these little things. So yeah, just far bigger than my ego. Yeah,
2: that's amazing. And I think that it's a, it's a very, you said a lot of great points and something that I wanted us to really just touch on or maybe just emphasize as well as what you said in terms of people are starting at different, different points. And I think that people that we've mental health They've got a lot of other baggages that is going on. And it might have been, you know, that certain situation might have been the straw that broke the camel's back, but it wasn't the only straw on the back. You know, there was a million things that were going on and it just happened to be that, that sent him over the edge. So it's important to understand that. And it's important to understand that people are going through stuff and be aware that it's like, oh, can't believe he did that because of this. It's like, well, no, this happened because of, 15 years of stress and distress yeah. and pain and
1: trauma. So, 100%. And I agree. And I think that like the big thing that it always comes down to is the awareness, right? Because what we're saying is that it's a build up. So if we don't have awareness around, well, we're getting to that tipping point, then how are we going to make any change? And through storytelling, when people can actually feel someone else expressed and yeah. you can sit there and the other end and be like, you know what? I kind of start to feel that as well. It allows us to take a bit more action and a bit more initiative and proactivity for our mental health. And you were talking about a new face that you're trying to put towards mental health. Um, you might not have the answer now, but I'm curious, what does that face kind of look like for you guys?
0: So in, in its essence, when I say that changing the face, it is actually showing these influential public figures, right. but remove the highlight reels, remove the yeah. cameras, remove that. So yeah. if anyone goes to the campaign and they actually look at it, they'll see like someone who's in a movie that they recognize but they'll not see the highlight reel. They'll not see makeup. They'll not see that.
1: Um, And
0: it's funny because I will literally at the end of it, ask one of the celebrities or the corporate leaders. And I'll say, what was your initial reaction when you saw the photo? And there was like, funnily enough, there was like, wow, is that what I look like when I cry? And then secondly, they follow up and then I'd say, what was the reaction? And they'd be like, my God, I never realized I could use my platform to save lives. Cause the amount of people that have reached out and gone, because they always think people in, in in the public eye or whatever, yeah. they don't experience this. And I think as humans, we judge whether good or bad. What I'm trying to do is teach people to be more mindful. Yeah, man. Because unless you've walked in someone's shoes, <clears throat> you don't know. And I'm yeah. like, we need to remove this thing. Like, can we not give people a second chance in terms of if they've had addiction and gone through recovery? Yeah, or, exactly. And I think with my background in health and fitness, yeah. I always taught group fitness. So people would come through there without a profession
2: yeah. yeah there's
0: a commonality and like clubhouse we're seeing where us guys met like yeah. you've seen people showing vulnerability there's a commonality yeah,
1: yeah exactly. like and it's
0: storytelling yeah and yeah. it makes people drop the guard and then you go oh you know what we're
2: actually not that different we're all struggling yeah, yeah. and with these with these um celebrities entrepreneurs corporate leaders they are real life they are you know contemporary real life superheroes Mm. And we see them as these infallible beings that have no, that like, you know, to be at that level, you must be superhuman because I can't do it. So exactly. you have to be superhuman, yep. which just isn't true, right? There's a lot of layers to that, that statement, but there's, it's just not true. And I think being able to give people the opportunity to see the humanity in people is extremely powerful. And I think that even being on, um, obviously not to this isn't to the same extent, but it's just something that made me think about it is like being on the show, and coming off the show and even having someone that we know that's on the show now people forget that these are real people and people forget that we have struggles we have issues we have pain we react to things as well and i think being able to highlight that is going to allow people to be a lot more empathetic and a lot more understanding and there's so many layers to how powerful your message is because we see it all the time like you know, people will see, see you on a TV show, just because you're on a TV screen and be like, and just blast your whole life. You you don't have any emotions. Like you have no emotions. (laughs) You like, you know, don't care about anything. You talk about your family, talk about everything. And it's kind of like, because we're removed and we're disconnected from them. We almost feel like that we can say whatever we want, but when you are actually putting the humanity and the realness of these people out there in the open, it's automatically going to draw us to be like, oh, I can relate to that pain. Yep. I can relate to that struggle. I can now relate to him and what he's going through. So it's really powerful, man. I really love that.
0: Thank you. Well, you guys know firsthand, you, you've done the TV stuff, you've done the media stuff, and it's kind of, what I want to show is like, and one of the actors from um, Home was recently doing an interview that I heard, and he said one of the biggest lessons that he learned was when he actually went to a function or an event and there'd be people who watched the program there was a huge disconnection because it'd be like, they weren't coming to see me. It mm. was coming to see the character. Yes. And that's where the big thing is. And I'm like, look at social media. That is their profession. Yeah. It looks like a highlight reel because they have to show it. Whereas when I jumped in construction, when I was making this, I'd post pictures in construction. Mm. You guys do it to your business. It's mm. it's not the same, but I think the way media works is perpetuated them so high. Yeah, And I'm like, what people don't realize and you guys will know is like, so you've got an agent you've got a publicist mm-hmm. they work predominantly to get you work and during covid when the money's not there if you can't afford them that goes and then the publicist can't get you publicity and then you can't get in the events yeah. and then your mental health suffers yeah. and then you're mm-hmm. and then on top of that you may have a media outlet that suddenly go oh look at so and so what are they doing now yeah and even with millionaires, mm. like they've been, I, I spoke to a guy who created the word FOMO. He was at business oh, yeah. Harvard. Who yeah. uh, created Harvard. the word FOMO? It's called Patrick McGinnis. He actually did it whilst he was uh, oh, uh, at really? Harvard Business School and he read it in a, in a dissertation thing. And uh, basically what happens when a word comes and gets put in a dictionary, they have to go to the sources and, and take it back. And it turned out to be on, on his paper. He did a, a, a thing on fear of missing out. So oh, he you wow. he never made Just any money that. off it neither. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah. And> everyone <laughs> uses doing, it. <laughs> but even he said, you go to a school like that and you're with multimillionaires and their families. He said, but people don't realize cause they see the money. Mm-hmm. He said, It's almost you're living up to this ideal of perfectionism. And if you're not as smart as these, he said, and when you leave those schools, like everybody else, you have to go into the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all in this perpetual cycle of thinking everyone's life is better than ours by these highlight reels. So I just wanted to go, you know what? Remove it. Let's showcase a bit of shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We all are. I love that
1: because it's such a perceived identity that we hold ourselves to based on social media and both and what other people perceive us to be i know that for myself personally i used to be that guy that was health and fitness i was really fit and active um and i was in good shape as well so i perceived my whole identity to being that person that everybody perceives me as not actually who i am in the deep roots of actually who i am but just this perceived superficial identity and that's sometimes what we showcase on social media when we showcase on movies is this cool fantasy idea like yeah this is awesome you worked hard but that's not the only thing about you and i think that if you can show the raw footage which is exactly what you're doing with your campaign that a lot it gives a lot of people that awareness about like okay so this is real life what is happening here who i was comparing myself to isn't actually that doesn't actually what their life looks like that's not the whole kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that stops people from going into that spiral of depression getting anxious having this kind of um fear of who they are because of this whole kind of idea, which I think is really powerful. Yeah. But I wanted to kind of ask you quickly, cause I was just looking at your shirt and I'm curious about the logo. What does the logo mean?
0: So it's basically a stem, what we see half the time on highlight reels, the smiling face. Yeah. Right. Because as we know with mental health, a lot of people hide it, The strong mm. people hide it. Mm. So it's half smiling face, half a tear. Yeah. So it basically crosses boundaries to uh, bring it both together and say it's the same person.
2: Mm. Mm. That's amazing. I think that that kind of touches on what I was – what really changed and made the coin drop for me was a while ago, I was listening to this uh, podcast by Jay Shetty. And I forget who he was interviewing anyway. But it was about the concept that you could be in tandem a work in progress and still a masterpiece. Yeah. Just like like the Mona Lisa. In terms of like we have this pressure on ourselves to be perfect. Yeah. To be this, you know, this uh, everything's figured out, everything's polished, but I think the thing that makes us beautiful, the thing that makes us so imperfectly perfect, is the fact that we've got flaws. We're working on ourselves. We're working. We're a work in progress. We have so many things that we need to change and chop. Um, and that's what gives us our edge. That's what gives us our beauty. That's what gives us the ability to be human. And yeah. humanity is the beauty. You know what I mean? We don't, like, what do we What do we find more awe-inspiring? Is it a really, really well-constructed chair or a new life? You know what I mean? Like, humanity is the beauty in the world. Um, and it's just interesting when I really reflect on that. And when you were saying that, I was like, yeah, that's just a really good reminder for me.
0: Absolutely love it. I, I just think even even when we're talking about where we met on this on this application, I'm yeah. like you will see after a while, and we, we spoke about it before the show, how it's changing rapidly, is because mm. people now are kind of disassociating away from the the hype of it. The I'm a six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 figure earner. Mm. Because what's that doing? In retrospect, it's making us feel crap about ourselves. So we're all resonating with the rooms now that are talking either about spirituality, finding out about ourselves, personal development, and actually the vulnerability where we met in the mental health room. Mm. And how powerful it is, people sharing their story. And and you kind of, you, you can tell how it's moving. And I think like COVID, you can't take away the severity of it and we've lost people to it. On the flip side of that, I think it's also made a lot of people turn in on themselves yeah, and look exactly. at where they are and their life and who they want to be. And I think I once heard, and I, I say it quite a lot because I think it's great that we obviously all work on vibrational frequencies and like attracts like and all that. Yeah. And the quickest way to raise that vibration is to fully step into your truth. Yeah, exactly. So once you do, you know who you are. Lead by humility. I mean, what you guys are doing what I'm doing. I don't know everything. Mm. Like, and I'm talking to these corporate leaders who are like, <laughs> they yeah. they seemingly to me know everything. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going, you know what? The first thing I do to them, I say, you know what? I work hard, but I lead by humility. I, I don't know what I'm doing in that area. And then they'll turn around to you because you've been so honest, a lot of them. And they will say, you know what? I had a mentor too. Mm. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have shared that I was struggling or I didn't like, Mm. And I think that we, we try and hold it together for this idealism of perfection and think, oh, what's so-and-so going to think? And at yeah. the end of the day, the only person internalizing it and making themselves anxious or whatever it may be is ourself.
2: Yeah, 100%. And people are dying of thirst. People are dying for real nourishment, uh, and especially through COVID. <clears throat> I agree with you. I think people are really giving the, gave themselves the opportunity to realize, well, I am quite thirsty for The truth in terms of who i am what's going on what's what why why do i feel the way that i feel and i think giving people the opportunity to be able to see the reality and the truth is really really powerful um i do have one question i want to ask though what's been your biggest challenge in creating this initiative because you know we work in mental health from a clinical perspective and also from a you know corporate business perspective as well And there's a lot of challenges that we face, but I'd love to hear from you in terms of like, what's been your challenges that you faced um, in your journey? And what have you learned even?
0: there's been a lot. I think what I try and do is because I'm disrupting social media, I show the behind the scenes of it. So people Mm -hmm. know. So when I did this for 12 to 14 months, bearing in mind, it was led by collectively bringing people together to make a change. Like what people didn't see was that I literally left my career in fitness to supplement and jumped on night shift in construction that I'd not done since college days. So I speak about it often that one of the challenges was trying to fit it all in. I was literally doing 12 hours a day, six days a week. On top of that, if I was doing the day shift or the night shift, I'd be up till all hours in the morning learning how to do branding, marketing, networking, press releases, media kits. And that was all on me. But what it also taught me when I was on construction was I was doing the crappiest jobs, like for three months when you knew you just basically stood hosing a wall, with yeah. silica dust. <laughs> Can you imagine that 12 hours a day and you're just looking at the wall, <laughs> but that in itself taught me about resilience yeah. and gaining clarity on what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then each level, they always say new levels, new devils. So there'd be people that had come along and they'd say they want to help you. And then you'd be like, Oh, that's really nice. And then, they'd want to leverage what you've done to capitalize on it themselves. And there's been challenges along the way, and it's going to come out in my book one day uh, <laughs> when, when I write one. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? I think, I think anyone where they are on their journey, I think they have to realize that when you're dealing in, in, in facets of like mental health and stuff, I never claim to be an expert, but at the same time I work with an a, associates who are, and I went and got qualified in modalities and mental health management, diploma, all that kind of stuff. But, That in itself has been a challenge as well because you'd get companies coming to you and they'd want you to go and speak. And I've turned down so many speaking engagements because I'm like, leave it to the professionals so you can take us and you can take those on. And then it's learning the business facet of it all to like, can you imagine like you've got to get all your your trademarks and everything in this country and then to try and do it globally, like you've got to look there, look at their legislations, their policies, look at their data and load and that's what i say it's um i always say to people whether business or anything like don't run before you can walk and don't walk before you can crawl like just keep moving and learning because it's the only way you're going to grow yeah
1: exactly yeah that's powerful that's powerful there's so much that i want to cover and we're definitely going to talk about it more but i think what we'll do for now is we'll take just a quick break hear a word from our sponsors our sponsors that pay us you know so much money ourselves ourselves Ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) and we'll be back shortly
2: If you're going through a tough time and you're looking for some support maybe a podcast is not the best place for you yeah exactly and mental health can be a bit tricky and support should always be personalized so we created the recharge program to do exactly that so the recharge program is your one-stop shop for all things mental health support it's an online program that allows you to have the best and most experienced clinical experts at your fingertips without the intimidating kind of setting of a clinical approach Exactly. So this is how it works. We match you up with the best counsellor
1: for your needs. You get one-to-one time with your own mental health nurse, over 200 plus minutes of content, weekly workshops with us and guest experts in different fields, such as emotional eating, anger management, addiction and more.
2: So usually this will cost an arm and a leg, but we've worked really hard to give you payment options for as cheap as about 30 bucks a week. So if this resonates with you, jump
1: onto rechargewellness.com.au and click get started to talk to our team and see if
2: this is right for you. So that's rechargewellness.com.au.
1: All right, cool. So I want to kind of tie this conversation back because I know that a lot of the audience that might be listening right now, they might, you know, be struggling with perfectionism, you know, seeing things on social media, thinking like that's how I got to kind of live. What do you kind of say to people or to the audience that are listening right now that are struggling with that? Because I know that you were struggling with body dysphormia before, dysmorphia. sorry. How do you think people can navigate that?
0: Yeah, I think really it's it's having those hard conversations and letting mm. people know if you are feeling that. I mean, noticing the traits as well. So if you are seeing people who are comparing themselves, like mm. first of all, if you are finding yourself doing that, remove anything that's a trigger from you. Mm. So for me, if it was like the, the body thing that I was comparing myself to, I removed myself from all these body influences that were making the life. Because on top of that, every year I go to LA and I know a lot of the big guys at Golds, I know what goes into that, like the hard work behind it. And I even said to them, share your story because you have millions of followers, you have all these and they think like, they see you on stage in these competitions, they think it's everything glorious and they don't realize how regimented they are getting up on the training and having a life and relationships and that sort of stuff. So first of all, if it's a trigger for you, remove yourself from it. Mm. Start actively having conversations, especially if you've got kids have it at the dinner table, ask people how they're feeling. And at the same time, <clears throat> don't be ashamed to bring a hard conversation up. I think yeah. that is where we're going to change things. And I think it's amazing, like three guys can sit talking about mental health where yeah. what, 10 years ago? Yeah. We know. People, yeah. Men especially don't. I mean, when I took this to America, I was working in construction whilst I was building it. Yeah. And I get the young guys going to me, where are you going? <clears throat> And I'd be like, America, to take this mental health initiative. They was like, that's amazing. And then I'd get the older generation going, what's this about? And I'd say it. And they was like, yeah, I'd never say anything. It's like, but that's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. But that's generational Mm. and that needs to be broke. So it takes us, because we know kids. Kids don't look at, they don't look at color. They don't look at creed. They don't look at, they don't look at anything. Mm. They just see the person in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas older generation it's because they brought up that ancestral line of like oh we can't share our feelings or don't let your neighbors uh, know that you're kind of struggling
2: yeah and i think that like what you were saying just reminded me of what i was talking to someone about ages ago in terms of everybody has a platform everybody has the ability to be able to and i don't mean platform in terms of going on everyone has a social media account yep. i mean a network exactly yep. everybody has the ability to be able to set a, a safe environment for those conversations and it could be you know, you could be just as something as simple as like, oh, you know, every second Tuesday I go to the local library and I'm happy to have, you know, just open conversations with other men or yeah. other people. Yeah. And just a- allowing that safety zone for people to be able to have those tough conversations and practice having those tough conversations because it's it's going to take, because certain people are hard. It's harder to have those conversations with, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So being able to have that safe environment where you can learn how to have that communication and communicate it's going to be really powerful. I was even thinking like, you know, anyone could start and, you know, I feel feel pretty much my view is that like there's, you can never oversaturate, you know, in terms of initiatives for mental health. Never. I agree. Do it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if you want to start one where, you know, like I said, start every second week, you come together and you talk about it with your boys, do it. You know, if you want to do a free boxing group where you all do a boxing class together, and talk about mental health afterwards do it like whatever it is just give people the opportunity because the thing is like i said people are dying for thirst but it's such a hard thing to take that first step and if it's something that's easy and it's cool and it's it's something that i feel safe in i'm gonna do it as opposed to it's such a big step to go to the hospital get a mental health care plan go speak to a psychologist that's huge but their first step to doing that might be going to your library chat
1: I love that. It's so powerful because like, as we all know, there's a stigma with mental health, the traditional method of how we're doing it. There's obviously like, it's good. I'm glad that that those services are there, but it's clearly not working. It's clearly not solving the problem as much. And I think that there's so many different things that we're doing like your initiatives that you are saying that I honestly feel as you were saying that, like I kind of drew to that. I'm like, yeah, that's powerful. And I feel like oh, people would see. show up. If I just post that, I put myself out there and I'm just open and I create that safe environment. Yeah. That's not too formal, not too clinical. That's not gonna, you know, potentially damage my reputation and my career because you know some people have the fear that if you i go to a a, do the gp i need to go on a mental health care plan to go on a mental health care plan they need a write i've got a disorder or some form of yeah. mental illness and then if i apply for jobs and they ask me do i have a mental illness is this going to impact me is it going to affect me yeah. that's the challenges that we have with the um the system even though not all times it will just for people that are listening at the moment there's still benefits to it so please don't shy away from it but those kind of initiatives as well that we Game can all steps. do to create that kind of container for people is so so powerful and i actually really love that idea i think that's great
2: yeah and it's all it's doing is giving you the momentum starting your engine so you can you know, exactly go up the hill yeah. um because like obviously having that chat with that may if you're going through something serious super serious it may not be all that you need you may need to do other services and, and, and engage with other clinical treatment perhaps, but having that starting point is really, really powerful. And I've actually been thinking about this, this is the first time I've ever said it. So you guys can all hear it. And uh, it's- <laughs> Let's uh, go. Its Exclusive. Half, <laughs> in, its, in its half-baked <laughs> yeah. form. Um, I was thinking of really, cause I box, I've been going back into yep. really getting Bro- into boxing. I was thinking of doing like once a week, just boxing with bros was my idea, where it's like obviously free. It's just at a random park. Yep. And I know so many great boxers, so many professional boxers, fem- uh, so many male professional boxers, amateur boxers, champion boxers, and people that love to box. So even if we had the opportunity that um, of going to a park and having a session for 45 minutes where we just learn from each other and whatever it is, and and afterwards we can have a coffee and talk and, and just talk about it from in a safe environment, I would love to do something like that because I think that so many people, like I was saying, they really – want to do something yeah they just don't know where to start and having it something like boxing and then chatting would be really really powerful so you know if you guys want to do that <laughs> that was just my thought and whoever wants to organize it can organize it <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i think that's so essential there's uh i learned i learned two things so josh pitterman his uh theatrical actor. He's an amazing guy, but he taught me what he does with his friends. And then he got me doing it was mm. think of your, your closest circle of boys, get a WhatsApp group, just mm. check in every other day mm. to say, how are you are going? And then on top of that, Damien Bodhi, off neighbors and uh, highly claimed actor, we'd become friends. He's an amazing guy, but he said, think about your initial group. He said, these are the preliminary actions that we don't often notice. He said, if you guys now think of your five friends, so you'll do it in your head and go, how many times do you go out on an evening for dinner? How many times do you talk about your aspirations and dreams with each other? Mm. You don't really, do yeah, you, that really. much? It's all about like feeling down or feeling this, that. Those are the points where you start like delving in a little bit deeper. Yeah. Like yeah. The, these are the things. It's just, it, it, it really so is simple. actioning yeah, yeah. things yeah. because when, when he said that, I actually sat there and I was like, Bloody hell! Yeah, yeah. We don't talk about our dreams or something that excites us. We're like, oh my god, I had a shit day, and then, but then you don't delve into it. You move on to the next thing, and you're like, okay, tell me about that. Like, how are you? I think think some people are so scared to actually delve deeper, though. That's that's what we need to like, just like we're doing now. Yeah. Talk, the
2: change,
1: Exactly. Be that change. I was be just about change. to say, because even that question where you're like, just think about your five friends and those preliminary steps that we can do, it's quite confronting because you realize that with this platform that you were saying that we have with our network, there's so much that we can do. And now the fact that we know that we can do it, it's like, damn, like how am I going to do it? I'm scary. I don't know how to delve deep into those conversations because we don't know how to, I think the challenge is that we don't actually know how to help people. Like when people yep. start pouring out their emotions, their traumas, how they're feeling, what do we do? sometimes people are feeling quite uncomfortable. It's like, I don't know how to best support you. And then we might turn into being Dr. Nick, Dr. Femi and trying to yeah. fix the solution where that's not kind of what they're wanting for. They just want a place to safely vent, just express myself, let us be known, and they'd be here to support them on that process. So I think that that was just very interesting to me. And I'm curious because I know that with your initiative, you obviously go to be corporate you go to these big leaders, people that obviously have this image as well that they know that they need to uphold and you're asking them to be vulnerable and express. Yep. How do you go about with doing that? Like, how do you get people comfortable that have this, you know, you know, quotations, they have this image that they have to uphold. How do you get them to now just show a different side of them?
0: Yeah. You know what, with me, it's pretty much I build relationships with people and I don't know whether it's because I've been through adversity and I it's this energy thing all the time. It's mm. <laughs> I always laugh. I've got an innate ability to make people cry. Yeah. So they open up to me, yeah. but it creates a connection. Mm. And I, and, I, and I say to these corporate leaders, I'm like, you know what? It needs to start from the top. Mm. So if you're trying to go over this persona of like everything's perfect, like it's gonna trickle down into your employees. So they're gonna think that they have to be perfect, which is exactly. then what's that gonna happen? That's gonna to lead to like people taking time off, less productivity. Mm. And again, if you're going to your cost per head or whatever you're doing, you're looking at your bottom line and seeing that you're losing money because of productivity. There's a reason why we need to take it back and stop thinking our funnels aren't working, our systems aren't working. It's humanity. Yeah, You need to look at the personal side because yeah. when things are working in unison, things move. And I just spoke recently to a lady who's like a big VP over in the US and, and she did the same thing. She was like, she was continually doing this perfectionism and letting a team seem that she was fine. And then she hit a wall so she took two weeks off. And then when she finally came back, her team actually said to her, thank God you took time off. Cause what you was doing from your ideal of perfectionism was putting it on us as well, yeah. which was making us stressed. We wanted to take time off, we wanted to do this. So I just yeah. have those conversations and go, you know what? If you've been through mental health, like this one thing, I would love to see removed a lot of people when they go for jobs is still the time old question of do you, or have you suffered with mental health or mental that can range from mild anxiety to clinical depression. Like it needs to be removed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I know some of the most successful people in the world with what I've done and you guys probably do. It doesn't make them less equipped. In fact, I'd say if you've been through clinical depression and pulled yourself out of it, my God, you are resilient. You can like, and I know on the other side, they're going to be going, yeah, but we need to what so what do you do diligence? This is like, Mm -hmm. it's a life that we're supposed to go together on and always make sure the strong friends. So I know for me and I know for you guys, probably, I don't want to speak for you, but I'd say a few months ago, everybody saw the celebrities, everybody saw the press, everybody Mm -hmm. saw the TV stuff. Everyone saw this. I was struggling behind the scenes, not in terms of mentally, but I was like, okay, so I'm trying to do a full-time job. I'm trying to do this. Mm. I'm trying to run a team. I've got two little kids here. I'm I'm, I'm hitting a wall. Yeah. And I just knew I opened up to my people around me. Mm. But people just see the strength and they're going, oh, Glenn, you're killing it. You're killing it. And that's, I never want to portray that I'm killing it. So I suppose with you guys, you've been on the shows, you're doing this, you're doing that. Everyone's like, oh, you guys are killing it. You're killing it. Mm. No, I actually struggle like you every single day. And it's a work and
2: it's a and that's what the conversations are. Yeah, 100%. And then we actually did an episode about that in terms of how how hard like there was a 12-month block for us. That was like, incredibly hard for us. Yep. That um that no one knew. No one knew. No one everyone saw like you said, you saw the the press and the events and you know the business and all of that, but it's a very very difficult time to go. It's a very, it's a very difficult thing mm. to um, to even open up about sometimes because you know what people's perception is of you. Yeah. People, you know, that people see you and then you're almost like, Oh, I don't want to break their spirit and think that, you know, everything's gloomy. And then, then have the conversation of like, well, what are you upset about? You know, you've got this going on. You start comparing trauma, which is very problematic, but I think that it's you're you're, you're so right. And I think you have, it's a hundred percent and it's, it's, it's definitely true in terms of like, check in on your strong friend yep. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's really important whoever you think is smiling and laughing and everything's perfect for them just check in just yeah. say how they're going 100 yeah
0: well i questioned my friends once and i said like you will see these images how raw they are on my campaign mm. and i just said this is what like preliminary measures like someone was saying so what sort of things i said so i'm actually okay but have a look at my work some people share their struggles through their work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking these pictures of these people with tears and their their emotions. Maybe I'm struggling. Yeah. So this is a time you could be going, hey Glenn, are you actually okay? Because you're not only going through this yourself, yeah. you're taking on other people's energy. You're taking on that. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. And I'm yeah. like, that's fine, because a lot of people don't, but exactly. these are the preliminary measures when you spot a little difference in someone yeah. and a lot of creatives. Create and hide their emotion through their work yeah. to oh, tell a story. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, just these are the things we pay attention to. And just if you notice something a little bit different, I'm just, hey, I know, yeah, yeah. So I'll notice if someone's off social media for like two or three days. Yeah, and someone on LinkedIn went on it for like a week, and I don't even really know them. And I reached out to them on the side the other day, and I was like, hey, you've not been. I've not seen anything of you lately, and I've not seen you on Clubhouse. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks for checking in. I'm okay. But, like, that just shows me the character of you. Like, you're just Um, checking in. Yeah. It's, you do notice. Yeah. I think when I was going through mine, and I say this to each person on. So, I suppose if you guys have been through ultimate, like, whatever you've been through, you do kind of throw hints out sometimes because you kind of want people to pick up on it at the same time. Exactly. And you don't want to say it because you're scared. Yeah. But then you do throw it out. So that's kind of like and again we can't this is a thing i i don't like the word judgment on anyone because we're all on our journey and we don't know what we don't know yeah exactly. so at the same time you're you're going to your friends but i kind of did like there was times with my body dysmorphia where i was like oh i can't feel my chest i can't get these arms to the mm-hmm. point where i would have annoyed myself yeah, <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> and then when i shared my story and it was like well i did think something I was like well why didn't you say mm. Like, and it was like oh well i just didn't know how to approach it yeah. And i was like that's fine so let's approach it and let's see how we can educate yeah and have it so yeah. is that, that the same for you guys when you went through something and you you, you do indirectly try and put it out there yeah. a little bit 100%. yeah
1: 100 and i think like even for us like i think the good thing that we always talk about and what i think is so important is having like a baseline of like your friends and who you know yeah because like you said if so if i know someone's always on social media but then suddenly they're going off social media then like their baseline is changing something's happened in the situation yeah. Um, that we need to step in and be like, hey, like, what's going on? And that's something that I was reflecting on as you were talking about checking in was a powerful question that one of we had another guest on a podcast. And instead of just saying, like, you know, how are you going or are you okay? Because it proposes the answer of people to just answer superficially, like, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm doing fine. But actually asking them, like, what's actually on your mind today? Yeah. Which causes for that yeah. open ended question, open ended response, where you can then delve in and have a full, proper, thorough conversation if needed. Because I think that, like, even with are you okay i think these are all great initiatives but i think that if we can actually expand the conversations that we're having and encourage people to open up with proper questioning then it's going to allow us to be able to intervene see if there's a change in baseline and hopefully make some changes within our preliminary friendship group
2: i agree
0: because i think even even we spoke about before mel greg a good friend of ours yeah she actually did an article for us the (laughs) day after one of those initiatives yes i saw that yes and It is an incredible initiative, Mm. but if people on the outside don't look into what it is, they think it's one day. Yes. Whereas people who are going through it close themselves off and Mm. say, I don't actually like that day because it seems insincere that everyone suddenly is going, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, Whereas you know that these guys do incredible work and their message doesn't just mean one day. However, because it's all like projected into this one day and all this build up through everything. Yeah. yeah. Like Samel did this article, like, so what happens after this day? Yes. Um, and the response we got, and that's why through mine, I'll do like, I'll get the team like two posts of original content every single day, 365 days a year. And anyone that's coming on board, I'll say, can you just make sure like you're, you're posting, like you are an advocate, you're posting like once a week or something. So it doesn't just seem Because I think sometimes the thing with these campaigns and things, when you see a lot of people in the public eye do them, Mm -hmm. one of the things that you do get is go, oh yeah, but I only see him post like once a year when things come up. Yeah. So that's what needs to be removed as well. It's kind of like, yeah, but people work as well and they've got things on. So we just need to, so I just send sneaky reminders and it's just like, hey guys. (laughs) It's like, but I think it's just reiterating it and putting it in people's faces every single day. And it's not that people don't forget, it's because Again, we can't make judgment. People yeah. have got things going on in their exactly, life. Exactly. Yeah. At certain points of their life, they might actually be going through something yeah. as well. So it's like kind of just be mindful and just yeah, yeah. We honestly. could all live in a bit more <laughs> unison.
2: Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's something that like we say all the time, but it's so powerful and it's so much deeper than one word. It's just that word empathy in terms of being able to understand other people and think about other people, you know, mm. before you, before you can even walk into someone else's, studio, you just think about them first yeah, and yeah. then just think about that whole kind of their journey, what they're going through, what their situation is. And it'll make your life a whole lot easier. Um, well, there's a viral life.
0: YouTube thing that I, I'd recommend to everyone. And it's about in an American penitentiary, a psychologist, <clears throat> she gets all the inmates to stand outside in a circle, she said i'm going to ask you all the question and i want you to step forward so she stood in the middle and she was like who lived in a less affluent area where drugs and and gang related areas were half of these people stepped forward who was abused as a child half of the people stepped forward and it kept on going on like this to mm-hmm. the point where so many stepped forward and it was their environment mm-hmm. and they looked at each other with a newfound respect it was like, oh my god! Like, and I was on, um, I was on a mental health management course, and there was two guys who had been inside for something a long time ago, like robbery, and they shared their story with us, and they said, people in prison, the thing is, is they didn't understand it. There's one or two routes you can either go down the way of a lot of people do, taking drugs, or you get into your fitness to do your time and get through it, mm. and they were both saying they used to pe- see people taking the drugs and that and think there was weak. And a lot of people would think those people were weak until they educated themselves on mental health and go they're not actually weak. They're mm. just suppressing emotions. And they're, they're so tired. They're trying to just, they don't want to deal with those emotions. So yeah. they just, so I think that's where we, ne- we need bleh, we need to remove that judgment as well, because Hey, we've seen it during COVID where people lose everything. And yeah. I like, seen on the news, there's lawyers who were on the street and people hear them and go, Oh, like you're a lawyer, what you're doing on the street. Like yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. like, yeah, it's just coping, right? Doing drugs is just a form of coping. And, you know, it's a coping mechanism. Yep. No one's saying that it's, the, you know, it's the most effective, yep. but it's just a coping mechanism. And everybody is just doing their best to try to get through what they're going through. Exactly. And it's, and it's kind of like the example I always give whenever I speak to anyone or speak to any clients is like, it's like if I say to you, I. Right, Glenn, I want you to sail from Sydney to New Zealand, but all I give you is a laptop case and a water bottle. You're like, this guy's lost his mind, bro. Like, what's going on about? <laughs> yeah. what are you on about? Because yeah. the what the tools I've given you are inadequate for the task I've given you. Yep. And it's the same kind of thing, right? It's like the task that they've got is cu- overcome trauma, pain all these circumstances, all these difficult things that are happening and they can't understand their emotions. Yep. All of these things are coming, right? Mm-hmm. But the tools that they've got, they have no tools. You know, yep. I never went to school to learn how to manage or do this thing, but they need to survive. yeah.
1: Yep.
2: And they need to find a way to survive and the way that they do that and the, the, the way that they see that makes the most sense at the time. Is to, is to lean to substances. So there's no judgment there. And I think yeah. that like, that's the big thing that I think is, is like, you got to remove the judgment, and understand that anything that somebody is capable of doing in the right circumstance, in the right perfect storm, you're also capable of doing that. Yeah. yeah. So the, well, the moment you move down, you realize that is it becomes really powerful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't think people realize that at times though as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, it's when I went through my thing, I got to the point where it was like, how am I going to get out of this? Yeah. And I just don't like, I don't see an out mm. where I didn't touch wood, have that clouded moment of judgment, but I felt like I'd been brought to my knees and I tried everything. And I was like, uh. and I think when you get to that point, you are kind of like, you do remove judgment because you've put yourself in that place yeah. of knowing that somebody doesn't matter. And this is the thing with the whole imperfectly perfect. It's like, You've got rock star on there, you've got a corporate leader, you've got, yeah. it mm. does not matter. And in between it, I've brought this global community of people like myself, like yeah. every day who's maybe not seen in the public eye to de celebritize it and go, hey, you know what? Like Joe Blog here, that person here, sharing the exact same story. It makes yeah. them no different than each other, other than their profession. So and let's legit. remove the profession. You've got two human beings.
1: Yes. 100%, 100%. I think the big thing that I've been learning is that mental health really does not discriminate. It doesn't, because yeah. you're not dealing with it now, you might not be struggling with it now, it doesn't mean that you might not struggle with it in the future. So I think that it's really, really important that we continue to you know have that humanity for it don't judge anybody because there's nothing that's saying to us that 10, 15 years down the track that we might not get hit with a stressful situation. We might go into depression. There's nothing that's saying that. So it's important that we're continually being proactive. We're continually doing those steps and we have that awareness um, and that empathy for people so that when we're going through our own kind of challenges and struggles, then we, you know, we kind of in the best place for success or to kind of elevate from there, which I think is powerful. I wanted to kind of quickly because we don't have much time left, but I wanted to ask you because I know you've got some cool things going on with Imperfectly Perfect at the moment. What are some things that people can kind of expect if people have resonated with what you've been saying in this podcast yep. and they've been struggling with perfectionism? What they can expect from what's coming from you guys? Yeah, sure. So we've, we can't talk
0: into too much detail regarding this because we're just, we're getting it going, but we've yeah. just moved into the tech space. <clears throat> so we're working with a lot of people over in the US. Other than that, obviously the podcast going from strength to strength we're getting some incredible people on there moving to disrupt more of the medical profession because yeah. as we know that's another untapped where a yeah. lot of people can't speak about it yeah. so I want to get them to speak about it and on top of that um, the global initiatives if you do go to the Imperfectly Perfect campaign what we do there is we set initiatives off and it's things such as letting other people know that they're not alone so simply writing on your hand I'm Imperfectly Perfect yeah. and then sharing it and then Sky News recently picked that one up and it it just keeps on growing from strength to
1: strength and I think that's
0: what we need to keep on doing these conversations yeah
1: amazing amazing I love that and I think that you know having you on as a guest on this podcast has been absolutely incredible there's been so much value I think mm-hmm. I, what's what I hope to expect from this is more conversations more people actually going out to their preliminary circle and taking those steps and in those initiatives to get to where they need to be mm-hmm. so I really just want to honor you for coming here I think it's been absolutely incredible and I hope that our audience
2: gets a lot of benefit from it hundreds of percent and Thank you so much, man. He's been amazing. I don't know. That was a perfect outro. And he looked at he looked at me like he wanted me to say something. I'm like, you nailed it. So, but well, guys,
0: you got you guys are doing amazing. Thanks for having me as a guest. And uh, yeah, just just keep on doing it, and let's work together on stuff, and we can change this world.
1: That's it. That's it. Well, look, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's another episode of The Uncovered. And obviously, we're going to have a lot of details on the show notes. So, if you want to keep up with them perfectly perfect, make sure you check the show notes and what we're doing here as well on the show notes as well. So, that's it, guys. I'll see you guys next week. Have an absolutely incredible day. Some love.